gospel message. Today's gospel message is entitled, Will Thou Be Made Whole? In the book of John, chapter 5, we're going to look at the story, a story that we're all quite familiar with. The story of when Jesus met the lame man or the man that was had an infirmity as the bible said for many many years and how his healing came about so in that john 5 from verse 1 it reads after this there was a feast of the jews and jesus went up to jerusalem now there is at jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the hebrew tongue bethesda having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then, first after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole, of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. So this is the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. So what I find amazing about this passage and so applicable to the Christian life is that when Jesus saw the man, of course, Jesus knew why he was there. He knew his infirmity. He knew how long he had had the infirmity. And Jesus asked the man a question. And he said, will thou be made whole? And immediately the man's response was to tell his life story. The immediate response wasn't yes or no. It was really just to pour out his dilemma to Jesus. And in verse 7, it says, The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. Now, one can say, Jesus could have responded, That wasn't what I asked you. I didn't ask you to tell me your story. I didn't ask you to tell me what the problem was. I asked you, Will thou be made whole? Of course, the man had no clue who was talking to him. And he had no clue that the person who was talking to him already knew his story. 
And this is very characteristic with us Christians in the sense that we who know Jesus, this man didn't know Jesus, so at least he had an excuse for telling his whole story. We who have been in the church, who have come to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, at least we know of Jesus. We know of his miracle working power. We know of his gift of salvation to us. So we know a lot of the foundational, very, very important things about Jesus, who he is, what he has the power to do. We know these things, but yet when we are faced with that question, will thou be made whole? What is our answer? Because when we come to Jesus and think about the reason, many of us come to Jesus and I'll just ask it directly. Think about the reason you, listener, comes to Jesus. Because if we come to Jesus for who Jesus is and for what Jesus came to do, the question he asked is the appropriate question. Will thou be made whole? Because Jesus came to deliver us from a broken life. And I'm not talking about broken life with problems because that's where we go. We always go to our problems. Well, I need this fixed. I need this given to me. I need this taken away. I need this added. I need this spruced up. I need this polished. All the things we need are the reason many of us come to Jesus. And it's the truth. We come because we're sad and we want to be happy. We come because we don't have this particular thing and we want to have this particular thing. Now, we don't doubt that Jesus Christ can give us eternal life. We don't doubt that. We understand that. But that is kind of secondary to our needs, to our long story. Oh, Lord, I have been in this condition for a long time. This is what happens when I want to do this. This is what happens and this is what doesn't happen. I've been trying to do this. I've been trying to get this. I've gone here, there, up, down, everywhere. This is what we do. Forgetting the primary reason why we are supposed to be coming to Christ. And again, in the interest of honesty, let us just admit that the making whole is secondary for us. We do acknowledge that we're sinners. We acknowledge that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We acknowledge that. But many of us don't acknowledge the infirmity that our sin puts on us. Many of us don't understand, forget about acknowledging it. Many of us don't understand the infirmity that our sinfulness, our sin nature, which we all have, but then the acts of sin, the acts of rebellion, the acts of downplaying certain things in, in favor, oh, God understands, God knows this, God knows that we make okay our sinfulness. I'm talking about the infirmity of it. This man, remember what Jesus says. He was a man with an infirmity. He just, he didn't even characterize this particular man's own. Remember he had said 
there were the people who came to the pool. He says, a great multitude of impotent folk, some blind, some halt, some withered. You know, those were specific descriptions. But for this man, he didn't give it a specific description. He said he had an infirmity for 38 years. So there was something upon this man that was great. It was huge. It was humongous. And he had had it for 38 years. Jesus didn't say he had been blind for 38 years or he had been deaf for 38 years. And even though the man could not put himself in the water, we don't know whether it was because he moved too slowly or because he couldn't move at all. We don't know. It doesn't say. It just said he had an infirmity. There was something upon him, in him, that had now become his identity that kept him from going into that water. And when Jesus came, he didn't ask him, what's the matter? He didn't ask him, how come you're not going in the water? He asked him, will thou be made whole? If we are not coming to Christ with the clear acknowledgement of our infirmity, this infirmity of this sinful nature that makes some of us into monsters that we don't realize that we're monsters makes us into animals that we don't realize that we're animals some of us are so depraved we are so deep rooted in our bad habits in our bad traits in our addictions in our habits in our behaviors in the way we think the way we speak the way we act the way we react the things we justify the things we make excuses for some of us are so deep rooted not some of us all of us we are so deep rooted in these things that if someone were to call it out we don't even recognize it's us we don't recognize it. These things have become our calling card to the point that we call them light, even though they are darkness. We call them good, even though they are bad. But we don't see them in ourselves and we don't see the level of infirmity that these things put on us. And that is why when we come to Jesus, we're not coming to him to be made whole. We're not coming to be delivered from our sinful nature. We're coming him deliver, admitting that, okay, Lord, I know I've done some wrong things. I know I'm a sinner, but I want you so that I can get into the water. I want you so that I can have this. I need you in my life so that I, so things can become better for me. So my life can be better. So my job can be better. So I can have a husband, a wife, a child, a, a this or that. We start with our list, with our items, with our wants and our needs. We don't come with, Lord, I need to be delivered from this sinful nature that has kept me infirmed and prevented me from getting into the water when the water is stirred. We don't see our infirmity. And because we don't see our infirmity, we don't recognize that we are not whole. So that when Jesus now comes to make us whole, we don't even see that ability of Jesus to make us whole. Instead, we see Jesus' ability to give us the things that we want or give us the things that we need. We have to come to the point where we are sitting 
where we are sitting, unable to move and recognize it is our infirmities that is keeping us from making progress. It is our infirmity that is keeping us from receiving our deliverance. And, and Jesus used that term, infirmity, and I like the fact that he did not, he did not give it a, a particular name or give it a particular description. Because if he did, what we do as Christians is that then we now start saying, oh, well, that's not me because I'm not blind. I know I'm not blind, so that can't apply to me. Well, I know I'm not deaf, so that can't apply to me. When it's a particular thing, we search ourselves for that particular thing that is being mentioned. And then when we now identify that that thing does not belong to us, then we say, oh, then it's not my problem because that thing is not mine. But remember what Jesus said to this man who he described as just having an infirmity. Further on in that chapter, that chapter five, in verse 13, it reads, and he that was healed, this is the man with the infirmity, wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Verse 14, afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Jesus delivered him from whatever sin, sinful nature that had now caused his infirmity. Remember in one of the gospels where the disciples were asking Jesus, Jesus, was it this man's sin or his parents' sin that caused him to be blind? And Jesus said unto them, neither. He is blind so that the glory of God can be made manifest through him. That was that case. That was not this case. This case, it says specifically that he should sin no more, lest something worse than what he had before come upon him. His sin, whatever it was, had made him infirm. Now we can take this literally and figuratively because I think it absolutely applies to both. When we are so laden, and I don't even mean, again, don't think of another person when you're hearing something like this. And when you're thinking of yourself, don't try to identify it. Because when Jesus asked the question to this man, this man did not know it was sin. He didn't know it had anything to do with sin. He went instantly and started telling his story about, woe is me, I can't get into the water. The self-pity, the sob story, which is what we all do. We go instantly, oh, I'm suffering so much because my mother didn't give me this or my father didn't give me this or my husband did this to me or my wife did this to me. We go into sob stories instead of looking in and asking, how have I contributed to this predicament? What's in me? What of me has caused me to be here by this pool for this long where I can't get in? Something is wrong with me. 
And that was why Jesus came to him and didn't ask him, do you want to get in the pool? He said, will thou be made whole? And when he was delivered, he went and told the religious leaders that it was Jesus who had made him whole. Brethren, we have to come to Jesus asking him to make us whole. We don't even have to ask him. He's asking us, will thou be made whole? The answer is yes. It's not, oh, let me check what I need to be made whole from. If he is asking you, then he has already seen it in you. Remember, it says, Jesus, knowing, knowing what this man's predicament was, he knew it, he knew how long he had been there, he knew the case, and it was based on that. He asked him, will thou be made whole? So when we come into Christ, when we come into the church, even if we came for every wrong reason, once we're there, and we hear the gospel of Jesus Christ preached as you're hearing it in this moment. As you have come into the church of God, claiming God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, Jesus is now asking you, he's asking me, will thou be made whole? Let our answer be yes. Let our answer sincerely be yes, because even if our, in our minds we think we're making progress, there is a strong possibility that we are stagnant and we are sitting by that pool, unable to enter into the deliverance when the water is being stirred. But this gracious God that we serve is now coming to us. We can't go into the water, but now he's bringing the healing of the water in the person of Christ himself. And Christ is coming to us, asking us, will thou be made whole? Our answer has to be yes, so that he can deliver us. Deliver us from whatever infirmity is keeping us stagnant, is keeping us from making spiritual progress and from making every other kind of progress. Because if you belong to God, and you are looking to advance in the physical and not advance in the spiritual, if you are his, it will never happen. He must save us. Jesus says, none that you have given me have I lost. So unless we are not his, which would be the worst thing in the world that could ever happen to us. But if we are his, then he is going to save us. Therefore, we have to answer, yes, that we will be made whole and he will make us whole. And when he does make us whole, let us not return to that infirmity which caused our stagnation in the first place, lest a worse thing happen to us. Any way we are being stubborn about surrendering all, saying, search me, oh God, you search me, you see my infirmity. You know it more than I do. You know how long I have been in it. Make me whole because that is his will. It is his will to make us whole. Therefore, it has to become our will so that he can make it happen. 
And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.